I think this week we've talked about a lot of innovations that were either rejected yes. or the hard way in which they had to um, become normal. Right. And so today we're going to talk about um, whether it is a good thing or a bad thing mm. to pay people mm. to, to innovate. Yeah, to innovate, to spur innovation. Yeah. And so the first thing we're going to talk about is probably the first historical um, um, evidence of this. Yes. In 1714, yeah. the British Parliament offered a huge prize of £20,000 yeah. to anyone who could find a way to determine longitude at sea. Yes. So I'm going to take us back to geography class for a minute. I hear okay. that was your favourite. You were the best. best. Uh, no one could beat me in that. <laughs> okay, therefore, because no one could beat you, do you want to describe for us what latitude uh, is and what longitude and then, is? I will mark her right or wrong. <laughs> okay, right. So global position is described by two coordinates, latitude and longitude. Yeah. And these are measured in degrees. Yes. So the lines of latitude measure north and south and they run parallel to the equator. Mm -hmm. And the lines of longitude run pole to pole and measure east to west. Yeah. So what was happening at this time is you have the ships in Europe who are going out, they're exploring, there's um, lots of trade going on. Mm. It but was the actually the golden era of the ship. That it was, was the best way to be transport or move transport around Transport goods. Mm. Yes. But you have this problem whereby they're unable to determine or find out where they are. Mm. So you'd have lots of ships who would arrive at the docks of the sea mm. and crash yeah, right into it because yeah. they didn't know that it was arriving at them. Yeah. So, and this is because latitude is very easy to measure. Yes. You look up at the sun, and the sun will help you determine where you are. You will look up, and if it's at right above you, you can tell where you are, and it helps you do that. Yeah. Longitude is a lot harder to determine. Yes. So most solutions at the time were based on time differences. Yeah. So you would get on the ship, and you would carry a watch with you. Mm. And you would know that, for example, if I leave New York at midday, mm. and New York is eight hours behind London, yeah. and, I will, and I carry that clock with me, mm. eight hours later, I know that I am this far away from London. Yeah. But, but the problem with that is clocks at the time were based on pendulum. So that ticking yes. motion was based on a pendulum. Absolutely. And unfortunately, based on the motion of the ocean, yes. the pendulum would get distorted yes. because of that. Absolutely. And also the inside parts of the clocks were made from materials that were very porous. Mm -hmm. So they would be subjected to expansion and contraction, contraction. expansion and contraction, mm. and that would change the time. So exactly. when you got to the place you thought you were getting to, the time actually is completely off. wrong. Absolutely. So that was one of the solutions. Yes. The second one was started by King Charles II. Mm. in 1675. Mm. So at the time you had the Royal Observatory and they believed that astronomers could help you determine those things based yes. on the moonlight, the stars, yes. the skies, the yes. planets, all manner of yes. witchcrafty things, yeah. right? Yeah. So he formed the Royal Observatory in 1675 to see how the stars could help with this problem. Yeah. So the observatory was built in this area in the UK called Greenwich and that is why we now have what we know as the Greenwich time zone. That's no, how it originated. No, my GHC teacher told me it is Greenwich. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> potato, potato. Besides, we said it came to this English continent on, a, on boat. a boat. It's fine. <laughs> so you have these two um, possible solutions, but they're not very effective at telling um, the longitude or the latitude or helping people determine where they are at sea. Yeah. So this is how this um, prize comes about. Mm. They say we're going to give the problem to the public and we're yes. going to let them come up with a solution and we're going to offer them £20,000. Yes. And so you have a few people who come up with some solutions, but yeah. then you have this one man named John Harrison. Yes. Who had no formal education, mm -hmm. whose father was just a workman, mm -hmm. and he was essentially a clockmaker. He was a clockmaker. This yes. man knew nothing. So yeah. they always assumed that it was going to be an astrologer who came up with the solution. Absolutely. Because if you can read educated people of the time and they're the ones who are able to use the stars to be able to tell time if you can yeah they could read the witchcraft in the sky so they <laughs> thought that they'd be the ones to do it yeah. but this man John Harrison says you know what I think the clock is a good idea I'm just going to make it better yes. so what he does is with almost almost within two years he comes up with a solution for this prize yeah. and he refuses to submit it to the panel yes. because he was sort of a perfectionist and yeah. he wanted to fix it in a way in which he knew was absolutely was perfect, perfect. so this guy waits 20 years 
Mm. 20 whole years before he decides to present his idea to the panel. And yes. when he does, it is actually perfection. Yes. To this day, what this man developed is what we still use today. And yeah. we call it the chronometer. Exactly. But, but guys, uh, I like you, you've passed. Okay, thank you. <laughs> uh, but here's the thing. Yeah. I don't believe that monetary uh, a monetary prize was the influence that this guy needed mm. to come up with that solution. Yeah. And if it Give was, argument. and if it was, he would have done it immediately. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you guys: Have you guys heard of uh, this thing called AK-47? Yes. The gun. The, the gun. The gun was made by a, a man called Mikhail Kalashnikov. That's why it's, it's called Kalashnikov. That's why it's, the gun is called Kalashnikov. Mm. It's called 47 because it was a 40, 47th Seventh model, model that, he made. that he made, but also I think it was made in 1947. Now, the guy used to drive tanks back in the Russian army, yeah. and, and, and he created this gun. He was a gun designer. He created a gun that did not have much recoil. See, when you, when you put when the you gun, shoot a gun, when it's shooting, yeah, the recoil. It, it, it recoils all the time like this. Mm -hmm. But he made a gun that could not recoil, had less recoil, and could be used in water. It was basically perfect for any terrain. It, it was perfect for any terrain. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't jam up. It would didn't have any of the problems that other guns at that time had. Absolutely. And this guy gave this gun to his country, right? Because to the Union. To the Union, to the Soviet, the Union, Soviet because Union. Because he felt hell bound to give it to them because yeah. he was doing it for service. And then there's a man who created M16. I don't even know his name. That's another gun. That's another gun. It's mm. an American rifle. He made a lot of money from it. Right? So much so that he's gone into hiding. He's right? gone, <laughs> perhaps. Mm. Right? I mean, the point is this. Uh, maybe monetary gain it will spur some innovation mm. but there's a reason why this guy did not he probably just wanted a model uh, uh, I mean a medal from, yeah. from, from, from the from British the king. Empire yeah. but here's the thing and you have to bear in mind yeah. that war is always a good motivator for you to give something and maybe that's what Kalashnikov was thinking when he made this gun and gave it to the Soviet Union yeah. but at that time in the 1700s yes. Britain was a big naval powerhouse yes. and if war was one of their incentives yeah. for fixing it then they would have fixed it before yes. yeah. but there is something to be said about the giving of prize money yeah. and the creation of a community of interest people who understand the problem and yeah. want to fix it exactly okay. so you one can't of the, really one of the most recent ones that we've seen because this idea has not died in fact it's actually grown it's yes. called yes. a 315 billion dollar industry this yeah. giving of prize monies yes. for the solution of problem for solving solutions yes. and they the biggest one right now is called DARPA mm. the defense advanced research projects agency and mm. it is part of the US defense um, yes. Department of Defense yeah. now we all know DARPA but we don't know DARPA but what we should know about DARPA is that DARPA is on that came up with the internet exactly so what they do is that they're responsible for developing technologies for military use, and their hope is to develop them sooner than those who will use them against the U.S. Yes. So the U.S. pays people to come up with ideas that yes. they themselves would then use mm. against other people before yeah. they can use it against them. Yes. So it was created in 1958 by yes. President Eisenhower yeah. in response to the Soviets launching the Sputnik. Yes. So that was um, at the height of the space Race, space race. race. Yes. So that was in 1957. Yeah. So DARPA, as you said, they funded lots of projects. They came up with the internet. They came up with GPS. Lots of interesting things that we yes. do not know much about. Absolutely. But use now. And I think it really does beg the question, as you're saying, yeah. should we be paying people to come up with innovations? Yes. And I think, yes, we should. But we also have to understand, and I do have to also agree with you a little bit too, M, that their motivation in the end is not necessarily the money it's, when it yes. comes to solving the problem. Yes. Can so I give you guys an interesting prize that I came across? Mm -hmm. Please do. It is called the Mo Ibrahim Prize. Yeah. That is 
existed since 2006. I think yes. you guys are familiar with yes, it, right? Yes, yes, Created yes. by Sudanese billionaire and philanthropist. Yes. And it celebrates African leadership yes. or excellence in African leadership. Yes. Um, and it is given to former heads of states, mm. those who have developed their countries, and it supports um, leadership. Yes. Okay. And so it gives a $5 million prize. Yes. On yes. get go. Yes. But then thereafter, you receive two hundred thousand every year yes. until the day you die. Yeah. What? So yeah. since two thousand and six, they've uh, it has existed for five years, right? Yes. Yeah. So in two thousand and seven, they gave it to the Mozambican former president Chisano. Yes. yes. In two thousand and eight, they gave it to former president of Botswana yeah. Mo Gai. Yes. In two thousand and nine and ten, yeah. there was no prize. Yes. Why? Because they said that there were no leaders who adequately. Sufficiently, met, sufficiently the criteria. met the criteria, which I thought was quite interesting. And then in 2011, they gave it to their Cape Verde president, and since then they've kind of gone quiet. Yes, and so because, because there's nobody worthy of winning it. I don't know if that's necessarily true. If I was Uru Kenyatta, I would not want to win it. What are the chances I could make 20 million US dollars? Uh, and I wait to get another prize of $5 million. I don't know. But you get paid in ad infinitum till the day you die. Mm -hmm. No, but I'll probably make more. Well, anyway, I have to go back and say that the thing that is important about prizes is that they create a community of interest. Mm -hmm. yeah. And one of the things that those people who actually solve these problems do is that they're looking for recognition. Yes. Mm. So a lady wrote a book about the solving of the longitudinal problem, and yes. she said that if you were to go into Harrison's mind and try to figure out what his motivation was for fixing the problem, mm. it was 90% because the problem existed, yeah. and 10% because of the money. Yes. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you, two years making a clock that could not you know, swing in the seas, do you think it really took him uh, a lot of time? No, it didn't, but he wanted to fix the problem sufficiently. Yeah. Okay. And mostly he wanted recognition. Okay. And did you know that it actually took him a really long time to actually get that recognition? I'm mm. glad you say that because a man called Paul Allen, who was contract, who there, there was a prize to create a space, a um, self-driving self car. car, all right? And the prize there was $10 million. But Paul Allen used $26 million, $16 million more than the prize money. Did he do it because of prize money? No, he did it to fix the problem. Absolutely. Yeah. And so sometimes that's just, that's just what it is. People want to solve problems. They're yes. not always looking for the money. So, and so as Prof says, yeah. identify a problem, yeah. and the money will follow you. Amen. Why? Yeah. Because money follows good solutions. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, I agree.